welcome again. We're in a series called Staying in Love. Uh, this is part three titled Feeling It. And if you were here last week, I kind of gave you a warning about what we're going to talk about or, or heads up. And some people are missing today. Maybe they didn't want to talk about their feelings. I didn't know. <laughs> but we're glad that you're here. Uh, let's start off by talking about some mysteries in this whole um, um, love relationship deal. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. These principles, we're, we're applying them to uh, uh, romantic relationships, but uh, they're actually relationship principles and they'd help you in other relationships also. First mystery, though, is this. Uh, many people uh, meet someone they kind of connect with, and after some time goes by, they fall in love, as we say, and uh, time passes by, and they walk down an aisle or go to the courthouse and get officially connected or married, as we call it. And they stand before that, that preacher or that judge, and they make these commitments to, you know, love that other person till death do us part. This is going to be for the rest of my life, just me and you. And, uh, you know, all the emotions come with that. You, you just love being together. You hate being apart, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Then five or ten years later, you don't want to be in the same room with that person. Um, and maybe you split up. Maybe you get divorced. And the person that brought all that positive emotion now is just bringing all kinds of negative emotions. In fact, you hate that person more than you hate anybody on this earth that five or ten years ago you committed to loving the rest of your life. How does that happen? Well, that's one of the things we want to talk about this morning. But one of the things are is that, you know, there's bad people in the world that we should hate, quote unquote, I guess if we hate anybody. But we just don't have any emotional energy for that, do we? Ah, they're bad people. But we haven't invested in that relationship, have we? Like this romantic relationship. Another thing is a mystery is this term domestic violence. Now domestic means, hey, this is, you know, where we live, hang out together, laugh together, have fun together. Uh, positive thing. And then this word <laughs> violence. And again, how can that person you, that you, you know, just don't want, don't want to ever be away from, want to talk to all night long, et cetera, et cetera. How could you ever hit that person? And again, um, it's kind of almost an oxymoron. How, how does that happen? And then another mystery is this. For those of you that have had a failed relationship, and I'm not picking on anybody, but you've had a failed relationship, you've gotten uh, divorced or split up, or um, if you talk to those folks, either one, and you say, hey, um, what about in the future? What's your plans in the future? You think you'll meet somebody special again, maybe get married again, uh, try this all again, fall in love again? And most of them, not all, but most of them will say, yeah, yeah, I'm kind of open to that. After a little time passes, maybe you meet the right person. Uh, if you ask the other, the ex-spouse, ex kind of the same thing. Yeah, you know, I, I'd like to connect with another person, meet that special person. But, uh, and yeah, I'm open to that. Now, I'm a semi-intelligent person, and so I'm thinking this through, and I'm saying, okay, if you're going to go through all the energy, time, effort to work to fall in love with somebody else, it would be a lot simpler, a lot cheaper, maybe not simpler, <laughs> cheaper and easier just to fall in love with that person again. And, of course, the pushback is, well, you don't understand. And of course, I don't understand. I'm not in your situation. But you did it once. But the problem is, again, that, that emotional 
energy, negative emotional energy that's tied up in that relationship. So in this series, we've been talking about it's easy to fall in love, right? You just have to have a pulse. If you're breathing, you can fall in love. You can meet that person and have this kind of connection. Sometimes we fall in love with people we haven't even met. We just like their looks, their personality, what they're doing, and so forth. But staying in love, that's a whole different ballgame, isn't it? That's a whole lot different, a lot harder. And we say it requires a plan. And we gave you a plan the first two weeks about how to do this. Uh, again, it's not simple, not easy, but you, if you have a plan, it, it, it's doable. Because we started off with what we called the uh, 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 Juno Dilemma. And this pregnant teenage girl comes to her dad and asks. It's a movie, but a uh, pretty neat lesson. I wonder sometimes if people ever stay together for good, like people in love. Dad, I need to know. Dad, I need to know. I'm a teenager. I need to know this. It's possible for two people to stay happy together forever. Now, we said it's not probable. <laughs> Divorce rates and, you know, just your experience will teach you it's not very probable. Uh, but it's possible. And what's interesting is for me personally and for you personally, we think it's possible for us, right? Even if the odds are against us, I can do this. I can find that right person. I can make this work. <clears throat> and we want to have this intimacy level we don't have with our buddies and our friends. Uh, we go bowling with or whatever. We want to be able to connect on a deeper level. And we've also said that we believe this is the image of God in you, that God created us with the desire to connect, connect with him and connect with each other. So this is a good thing. It's a natural thing, and it's a thing that most of us want. And then we talked about the example of Jesus, and he said that you need to make love a verb, not a noun, like a verb. It's something you do. And he said, uh, I need to be your model. You know, your grandparents may not have a good marriage. Your parents may have, may not, whatever. They're not a good model. Society is not a good model. I'm the model for how to love. How to love, make love last, love a verb. And last week we talked about, (laughs) we said it was a simple thing, not easy to do, but a simple thing. We use this bad word called submit. And that means you put yourself under. You make that other person's deal more important than your deal. Not that they deserve it, but that you choose to do that. Now, we said, okay, now you got the plan, just go ahead and do it. (laughs) Uh, The pushback, the the hard thing is emotions, right? Especially those negative emotions. So we're going to try and help you with that today. Now, it would work. It would simply work for everybody if we all came into our relationships, I call heart healthy. Well, that'll make more sense in a few minutes. If you're, you know, growing up, your parents just poured into you. You know, they went to all your games, all your recitals. They helped you with your homework. They didn't yell at you when you got a C or something on some grade. Uh, even when you messed up, um, you kind of worked through it on a positive way. <clears throat> Even if your parents were separated, you know, you did the every other weekend with one of your parents, you know, they poured into you. And you just had, a, you know, everything you needed growing up. The problem is none of us grew up in that family, do we? If you did, you're the ex- big exception. So none of us come into these romantic relationships heart healthy. And we come into them with, with the word I'm going to use, pretty common word, 
baggage, right? The things we missed growing up. You know, or maybe our parents didn't uh, uh, appreciate us, so we feel unappreciated. Or maybe our parents didn't, you know, something else. And so we come heart unhealthy. We come with lack. We come with baggage. We come with garbage uh, into that relationship. And this is normal. This is true of all of us. We bring that in damaged hearts into our relationships. So I want to introduce you to a couple that's going to help us with... uh, with this whole feeling thing this morning. And so here's our guest this morning, Mr. and Mrs. Mug. All right, there they are. Now, Mr. and Mrs. Mug uh, went to college and they met at college and, you know, some, they had a class together or went to a party and met each other and they started to notice each other and connect and, and they wanted to, to get to know each other better. So they started the dating thing, spent time together. The more time they spent together, the more connected they got. And they, eventually they wanted to make this thing permanent. And so then they walked down an aisle, went to the judge, got married, okay? Made it permanent. So we're going to love each other for the rest of our lives or death do us part. So then about a month goes by. And during that dating time, they're really careful. We're all really careful, right? <laughs> we, don't, we want them to like us. And so we kind of hide that, that baggage, that negative stuff. So after about a month, and I, I'm thinking back 40 years ago in my rela- marriage, about a month goes by and then... Somebody does something, and there's a big bump. I still remember 20 year, 40 years later, it was de- dealing with finances, but anyway, and our relationship. And there's this bump, and then stuff comes out of us. Stuff we don't like comes out of us. Our spouse doesn't like comes out of us. And she, both of you are thinking, where did that come from? And she usually goes and calls mom or sister and somebody and says, wow, you know, we dated all this time. I didn't know, you know, he had anger issues. I didn't know she had this issue, you know, money issues, whatever, whatever it might be. Guys, I don't know who we call. We usually don't call anybody, do we? <laughs> we just start wondering, well, what happened? And some, some more time goes by and some other issue comes up and all of a sudden there's this bump and this stuff comes out of us. And what our natural reaction is what? You made me say that. You made me do that. You make me so angry when you don't do that. When you, I'm going to use this example all through this morning. When, you know, you leave your dirty socks on the floor. You you make me feel this way. Now, is that true? What really has happened? Why do blue, blue beads come out of Mr. Mug and pink beads out of Mrs. Mug? Why? Well, you don't know what kind of beads are in you until you're bumped. And for many of us, we don't really get bumped until we enter into that really serious, intimate relationship. And those relationships bring out the best in us, but they also bring out the worst in us. And what do we think? We think, you know, because you did that, that's what came out of me. And because you didn't do that, that's why that came out of me. And if you didn't do that, that wouldn't come out of me. So we're going to talk about something that you and I need to do that we don't do in our intimate relationships. 
And we're going to look at something a guy by the name of Solomon wrote. Now Solomon wrote part of the, what we call the Old Testament. He wrote at least three parts of it. He wrote this book called Proverbs. We're going to look at a little bit of that. And this is his wisdom. He's supposed to have been a really smart, wise guy. Wise person. Not wise guy. But anyway. Um, and he talks about, you know, finances and relationships and parenting and all kinds of things. Then he wrote a book called Ecclesiastes, which is kind of a strange book, kind of a negative book. He, you know, end of his life, he's looking back and saying, most of, that, most of my life's been a waste. Uh, you know, but it's in the Bible, and there's some good stuff in there. Then he wrote this book called The Song of Solomon. It's about sex. And uh, since God created sex, it makes sense he wrote there's something in the Bible about it. And some of you didn't know it's in there, so you're all going to go home and find it. But anyway, it's, it's in there. In fact, uh, teenage Jewish boys weren't allowed to read it. So uh, if you understand it, it's, 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 uh, that's what it's about, about um, physical intimacy. So he, he wrote all this stuff, and we're just going to look at one we call verse that he wrote. And this is going to talk about something that you and I need to do, but we probably don't do. So it's Proverbs 4, 23. Guard your heart above all else. Now, what does guard mean? It means to protect and to defend and to pay attention to, right? So what are we supposed to protect and defend? Our hearts. Now, heart represents uh, our center of emotions, so he's saying, if you're a wise person, what you do is you are going to protect your, uh, guard your emotions. Now, most of us don't do that, do we? We just <laughs> let them out. He said, no, 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 no. In fact, this is more important than anything else I was talking about. Above all else, if you're only going to try to work on one thing, figure out one thing, especially in your relationships, what you need to do is guard your emotions. Now, this is kind of a kind of a psychobabble type of verse. It almost sounds like it shouldn't be in the Bible, doesn't it? And I don't know anything about psychology. I never took a psychology course, but uh, this is really good advice. So what does it really mean? It means pay attention to what's going on in the inside. What do we easily pay attention to? What's going on on the outside, But again, what comes out is what's inside, right? And our tendency is to blame the other person. Again, if she hadn't spent that money, those blue bees wouldn't have came out of me. I wouldn't have gotten angry. And vice versa, if he hadn't let the socks on the floor, I wouldn't have got upset. If he just put them in the hamper, you know, or in the wash machine, um, so we tend to blame. And, it, and, and the interesting thing is, if you've been in more than one intimate relationship, the funny thing is, every time, blue beads come out. Four times. I've been in relationships with four different people, and those same blue beads seem to come out. I've got to find the person that, to be with that blue beads won't come out, right? But why do blue beads come out? Because they're what's inside. So you and I need to develop a plan for staying in love. We need to develop a plan for guarding your heart. Now, if I ask you, how do you guard your heart? You say, what are you talking about? Now, what we're good at is monitoring our spouse's or loved one's behavior, aren't we? You can tell me all about your husband leaving the dirty socks on the floor, can't you? Now, if I ask you about your heart, you know, you don't quite answer, know how to answer that question, do you? So what is the connection between behavior 
and feelings. We're going to talk about that a little bit. Now, when you met your special someone, you started to feel stuff you like to feel. Natural, normal, right? You started feeling good stuff. You got those, uh, you know, butterflies, good butterflies, and you got excited. There was uh, emotion involved. There was um, uh, adrenaline. Yeah, I guess adrenaline is a good word, right? They made you feel a certain way, and so that's why you wanted to spend time with them. But eventually, we all do something that makes our loved ones feel something they don't want to feel, right? And so, I want her to stop doing the things that make me feel the way I don't like to feel, and I want her to do more of the things that make me feel the way I want to feel. Now, again, during the dating time, we're more careful with this stuff, right? And we really guard that. But after we have married a while, we kind of let that slip or slide. Now, we love the way that feels, right? That adrenaline. The problem becomes if we become dependent on that person to give, have those feelings. In fact, it can get to a place we call codependency, which is unhealthy. But it's natural for, in part for us to be in that relationship and expect to get those feelings from the one we're in that relationship with. So your ability to feel certain things is determined by the condition of your heart. And we, we think it's because of the actions of our, our loved one, right? I feel good when she's like this. I feel, don't feel good when she does this. But the reality is, now there's some, that's, that plays a part, but the reality is the ability to feel those certain things is determined by the condition of your heart. And what we try and do is, you know, if I just was more committed to this relationship, then that'll fix it. Does that fix it? It's kind of like, you know, if you've got anger issues, you say, I'm not going to be angry, I'm not going to be angry, I'm not going to be angry. And you get angry because that doesn't fix it. So we're going to try and help you with it this morning, give you an, actually an exercise uh, to practice the help in that. But anyway, we didn't finish the verse. Uh, Solomon went on, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. So everything you and I, we are, comes from our hearts. You think it's a pretty important thing to guard then, right? Protect. Watch over. Be careful about. We use somewhere, times we use the word overflow. Okay? What's in there, <laughs> what overflows, when it's bumped, that's what comes out. If it's not in there, it can't come out. Pink beads didn't come out of Mr. Mug. Blue beads didn't come out of Mrs. Mug. Because they weren't in there. So, simple question to ask, not so easy to answer. What, what is the shape of your heart? Now, it's easy to see this in others. <laughs> you ever had a boyfriend or a friend, boy or a friend, female friend, come to you and say, maybe a relative, sibling, whatever, you know, my spouse, so-and-so, you know, he left the dirty socks on the floor again. He makes me so mad. I want to throw him out of the house. And you're sitting there. You're the friend. So you're being, trying to be supported. But in, the, in your mind, you're thinking, 
hey, let's kind of keep things in perspective here. I mean, he's a good guy. He's got a lot of good qualities. You know, this is like a two and you're blowing up like it's a ten. So we see it in other people. We don't see it so much in our own selves, do we? It's hard to see in our own selves. So here's the truth. What's in you is eventually going to come out of you and me, regardless of who's with you. Can't come out if it's not in there. But if it's in there, it's going to come out. No matter who you're with. So, we need to monitor, guard, protect our hearts. Because when we're bumped, emotions begin to come out, and then we act a certain way or do a certain thing or clam up and have a pity party for ourselves, right? So I want to give you an exercise to help you to be more constructive in this area. And this is not going to seem spiritual, uh, really practical, and it really works because I've done it. And, of course, people smarter than me have figured this out. So the goal is to identify exactly what you're feeling. Now, guys, I'm the same way most of you are like me. (laughs) I have one common response when I get a negative response when my wife asks me what's going on. I say I'm frustrated. You can ask her. 95% of the time, I'll say I'm frustrated. And sometimes it gets to the point of anger. You know, I'm frustrated about our finances. I'm frustrated about our schedule. I'm frustrated about our kids or our grandkids. You know, uh, frustrated about things at work, at church, whatever. I'm frustrated. That's about the limit of my vocabulary when it comes to my emotions. Now, ladies, you're a little better at this, not because you're more emotional, but you're more emotionally in tune in general than us guys. So the first part of the exercise, only got two parts. First part of the exercise is name your emotion and not just frustrated, okay? I'm going to help the guys here. Ladies, you probably know all this. Guys, I'm going to help you with this. So we're going to give, I'm going to give you a sample list. And you might want to write some of these down. I didn't put it on your, on your outline. So instead of just saying you're frustrated, I was embarrassed. You know, you went and told your friend about this stupid thing I did, and you embarrassed me. Or you feel unappreciated. You know, I go to work 10 hours a day, Six days a week, and you know, you don't seem to appreciate my hard work. Or we feel unlovable. You ever just feel unlovable? You do some stupid thing and you think, nobody could love me. Uh, useless. Uh, I, can't, I, I, I can't parent these kids. I feel useless. I can't, you know, I can't, whatever. Out of control. Out of control. I yelled at the kids and I tried, promise I'm not going to yell at the kids anymore and I yell at them again. I feel out of control. Disrespected. You know, when you talk like that or you say that or you, you know, you tell somebody else about my mistakes, I feel disrespected. Anger. Talk about anger a little bit more in a few minutes. Uh, left out. You know, you go off and, you know, with your buddies and or there's a party and other people get invited and I don't. Ugly. You ever just feel ugly? Emotionally, ugly physically. A failure. You know, I lost my job. I feel like a failure. You know, the kids won't talk to me. I feel like a failure. 
Oh, now most of you in here probably don't feel that way, but I feel this way sometimes. Just feel old. Stupid. Why is it stupid to say that? Why was I so stupid to do that? Lonely. You can have people all around you and still be lonely, disconnected. Feel abandoned. Maybe uh, one of your parents abandoned you. Scared. Anytime you worry, you're scared. Worry about money, you're scared about your finances. Worry about your relationship, you're scared. Betrayed. This is one of the hardest things I deal with. I've been betra- I felt betrayed a few times in my ministry by, by leaders in, in, in the church. And it's just, it hurts to this day. It's hard to talk about. And jealous, you know. My wife talks about her brother or sister or, you know, the neighbors. And, you know, they go here and they go there. And they have these nice cars and we don't have those. To be honest, I feel jealous. So the first part of, only two parts. First part of the exercise is to name the emotion. Second part, say it out loud. You don't have to say it out loud to anybody else or in a crowd. Not at first. Just say it out loud. You name it. I'm feeling, you know, I'm feeling jealous about this situation. Now, again, it sounds kind of foolish, but experts tell us this is really important to say it out loud part. Because as long as you just don't even name it, but even if you name it, don't say it out loud. It has a, as long as you keep it secret, it has a certain power over us. But once we name it and we say it out loud, it's, we realize it's about me. It's not about her. It's about my blue beads. It's not about her pink beads. And then we begin to own it. And when we own it, then we oftentimes get to the place, well, you know what? I, I need to go to her and apologize and say, hey, when you did that, when you said that, I was jealous. Um, I apologize. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. So what we need to do is discern, begin to discern between what they say and what you feel. And again, there's a real freedom in in naming it and saying it out loud and sharing with that loved one. We lose the excuses. You know, we make excuses, you know. I'm just frustrated with excuses. Now, here's something really important. We'll be finished here in a, in a few minutes. There are no bad feelings. They're just feelings. All right, anger, for example. Is that a bad feeling? Sometimes. Jesus get angry? Yeah. So it can't be a bad feeling all the time. So there's no bad feelings. So when your spouse, loved one, shares that feeling with you, it's an observation you know, when this happened, you said this, you didn't do this. I felt this way. It's not a condemnation. It's just a statement of fact. I feel unappreciated when you leave your dirty socks on the floor. Now, how should you respond to that? Thank you for sharing that with me. And then... Because <laughs> usually there's a but, right? But don't... Do it again. Or you shouldn't feel that way. That's a really bad one. I used to say that to my wife. That's a really, really bad one. You shouldn't feel that way. Feelings are real. Don't cast blame. When that happened, when that, you said that, I felt this way, objectively. Right? Thank you for sharing that with me. 
Now, healthy people, though, quit doing it. Whatever that is, leaving the dirty socks on the floor. Well, dear, if this really bothers you that much, I'm never going to leave my dirty socks on the floor again. Simple. No, no, no longer an issue. Pay attention to what initiates those emotions in the person that we love more than anybody else, right? We want to stay in love with and quit doing it, whether it's justified or not. So ask yourself, what exactly am I feeling? Name it, say it out loud. Again, this is a heart problem. And if you're a Jesus follower, Jesus said he gives us a new heart. And he keeps working on that heart. And so I can come to him and say, hey, you know, my, I don't like these blue beads coming out. Please help me. And of course, he promises to do that. So above all else, more important than anything else, guard your heart. Pay attention to your emotions. For everything you do flows from this. So this is my challenge to you, to actually practice these two steps this week. All right? And next week when you come back on your connection card, I want you to tell me truthfully how this worked for you. Maybe, Pastor, you don't know what you're talking about. It was, a me- it was terrible. It didn't work. Or, hey, I tried that, and it really helped. It really worked. You feel and think about it before you act or say something. And again, I'm glad you told me that because I never want you to feel that again. Got one more week in this series. Um, talk about actually called the love chapter next week. And Mr. and Mrs. Mug may come back and visit us next week. I'm not sure yet. But anyway, so let's pray and we'll close with a song. Father God, thank you. We thank you for emotions. Uh, when, they're, when, they're, when they're good, they're really good. When they're bad, they're really bad or really hurt. Uh, we've all, we all been bruised, battered, have scars from our relationships. But it's really important for us to understand that, that only what's inside of us can come out. And it'd be great for our spouse, loved one, to help us by not doing those things that initiate those emotions, but we need to own them. We need to accept responsibility and realize. And I thank you for this simple little exercise that really helps to, to figure out what exactly we're feeling and, and then to actually say it out loud and then share it objectively with, with our loved one. God, I pray for everybody here. I, I don't know what state their relationships are in, uh, but you do. Uh, feelings are a big part, and God, these things, uh, guarding our hearts are really important. Uh, you tell us that. We pray for anyone here that's not a Jesus follower today. They might, if not, step across the line. They would step, go a step closer. Hey, I didn't realize that, you know, that stuff in the Bible was so practical, so helpful, that God knows us so well. And if you need any help in that area, please just ask. Father God, thank you for Jesus and all he means for us. And it says in in his name we pray. Amen.